1: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting. I am Tom Barton. You guys, make sure that you check out SportsGarden.com. SportsGarden, G-A-R-T-E-N, over on the social media. It's hashtag S G N. want to get in touch with us? We always love to talk to you guys, and we have been getting a lot of feedback. So I, I love the feedback. I want to make sure that we continue to get a lot of the feedback. And, look, we've been really concentrating recently On the NBA playoffs, on the NHL playoffs, and that's all great. That's all fine and good. But look, Major League Baseball is a time where we can really make a lot of money. And one of the trends that we are seeing in Major League Baseball, very specifically here, are unders in games. I've always been an advocate of starting pitching, but recently, in the recent years, starting pitching has become less. I mean, we have Tampa Bay doing an opener and whatnot. But starting pitching has really elevated their game, but scoring is down across the league. People are blaming a dead ball. There's a lot of conversation out there and a lot of articles are being written that they're using different balls during primetime games, different balls during the regular game. We're watching Exit Velo and Statcast and all of these kind of uh, you know, computerized, generated statistical analysis going, yeah, the ball just is not carrying. And you can watch it with your own eyes. You see a ball carrying out, and you go, oh, that's gone. And it barely hits the warning track, which we've seen a couple of times this week, as a matter of fact. And you can blame the shortened spring training. Sure, that's part of it. You can blame the bad weather. Sure, that's part of it. But we're hitting historic lows in scoring. Historic lows in scoring in a time where we're sitting back and we're saying, yeah, there's no DH. Scoring should be up massively across the entire league. Instead, it's down. It's down at historic levels. They're calling this the new dead ball era. Maybe it's launch angle. Maybe it's guys going for too many home runs. Maybe it's the pitchers being ahead because of spring training. Maybe it's a bad weather. Maybe it's the humidors, which we've covered on the show. Um, now, every team has a humidor. Maybe it's a culmination of all of it. But the reality is, is that if you are betting on sports, hey, the under is looking like it's just a great bet and betting on starting pitchers this year looks good right now. When will it go back? When will it eventually even out? And I say when because it will eventually even out. I just don't know if we're thinking about the terms that we're always talking about, which are going out there and talking about, you know, numbers that are just ridiculous and sad, groundbreaking. I don't think we're going to get back to that, at least not this year. So what we have seen are a lot of the books are starting to adjust. They're starting to move their numbers. We've seen quite a few sixes and a halves out there. You couldn't find a six and a half last year. You know, quite a few six and a halves out there. Six and a halves just this week between there was a, there was a, a six and a half for a little while just this week um, between you, you had guys like Whitlock and Kyle Wright, okay? So they're not massive names. There was a seven line posted a seven between the Marlins and Diamondbacks because Madison Bumgarner and Jesus Lazardo were on the mound. So it doesn't have to be these outstanding huge names. I remember a time, and I'm going, oh, going way back. Not really that far back. Six, seven years ago, you got two aces. You might have had a six line out there. You had a three over-under for the first five innings. So they are adjusting, and we're going to keep an eye on this and see how much the books adjust and if they over-adjust. What I want to do today, though, is bring on a guest, Jim Cott to talk about some of this, talk about the New York Yankees and their great start. I'm talking about, and his brand new book, Good as Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball. He is a 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame inductee. That's just really cool. You guys probably know him as the long-term broadcaster, but 25-year playing career, of course, Jim Cott. Jim, how you doing today?
0: Doing just fine. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Before we get into the book, I really want to just say, hey, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. I just took my eight-year-old son to Cooperstown for the first time this winter. Um, Just seeing his eyes light up and the plaques and the stories, uh, to be in that room, it's just unbelievable. It really is. So I want to say congratulations. Was there a time that you said to yourself, you know what, I'm just not going to make it and, and kind of got down?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I got down, but I I was sort of realistically thinking uh, the Hall of Fame was in my rearview mirror. I really thought most of the uh, pitchers that are in there, if they if they're not relief specialists, they were pretty dominant starters. And I had a, a you know a couple dominant years, but my career was mostly done over a period of time, and not you know dominant like a Sandy Koufax. So, uh, but I, I was uh, I was so grateful that. Uh, you know, I had a committee this year that uh, guys I played against, played with, executives that actually saw me as well as media representatives. And I, I think, uh, you know, they they rewarded longevity and dependability.
1: You know, look, I'm in the media, you're in the media, but I think there's, there's something a little bit more special when your contemporaries vote you in, right? As opposed to just the writers and whatnot. There's something more special about the people that you played with saying, no, you were one of the best. You were one of the best. That, I think, has to mean something more.
0: Uh, no question. I think any time you get the approval of uh, of guys, as you mentioned, that you played with or against and that actually saw your career, uh, it's uh, it's much more meaningful, uh, I think. And so, for me, it was worth the wait.
1: Guys, are on the phone with Jim Cott. Go check out his new book, Good as Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball. You mentioned... Sandy Koufax, and I love the excerpts uh, from, from the book, and I, I read <laughs> oh, pretty much cover to cover. It's only 300 pages. I don't know how you got 25-year career in 300 pages, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you talked about Koufax, and I have argued on my shows for the last couple of years that I think that Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher that I've ever seen, and he can stand up all time. I watch Pedro. I watch Maddox. People put their name into it. It seems like maybe you'd be on the Koufax bandwagon because the things that that are in that book, just give us a little bit about your opinion on Sandy Koufax.
0: Well, the reason I put Sandy up at the top, and it's so hard to compare era to era uh, because of the, the innings and the complete games. And, you know, the toughest outs to get are those last six, the last three. That's why there are very few closers that are fewer closers that stand up over a period of time. And so Sandy pitched, you know, for a team that didn't score him a lot of runs. He he won a lot of close one-run games, and he had pitched a lot of complete games, and and pitched uh, the last three innings of a lot of those stressful games, uh, you know, leading the the Dodgers to to a pennant. And uh, I take nothing away from uh, from the Kershaw, Scherzers, Verlanders. Uh, they're they're in that their class. They they can't help it that people count their pitches and take them out before you know they really have to. But and that's why I kind of I put Sandy at the top, and that's why it's difficult to uh, to compare pitchers era to era.
1: Yeah, San, Sandy's got to be right there. What about today's pitchers? Okay, um, you said in the book basically, and I'm paraphrasing here. You wanted to always throw. If you could pitch, it didn't matter. You know, you wanted to always pitch. You you wanted to throw. Today's starters, you mentioned it. The shortened innings. The uh, get to a hundred pitches and everybody starts freaking out. Sometimes you you see the memes come up and you see the Nolan Ryan through two hundred pitches. You know, I mean, will we ever go back to that, or is it going to be even decreased more where we see starters only going three innings?
0: I think it it appears that it's going to become more and more specialized. Uh, I think that the all the data now, you know, they're starting to show well the third time through the batting order. I mean, uh, Warren Spahn told me when I got a pitching lesson from him in the 60s, he said, now, kid, when the game's tied in the seventh, the game's just starting. You have to learn how to pitch Mickey Mantle differently in that fourth at bat than the first. So it's not a matter of pitchers today being tired and can't go through the batting order the third time. But Today is so much emphasis on power and just pitching one way. They don't necessarily pitch to the score run lead. Uh, you didn't You didn't want the guy to walk. You didn't care if you struck him out, but you wanted to make him put it in play, and occasionally you'd give up like a Catfisher or Robin Roberts. You'd give up a lot of solo home runs. But now every pitch seems to be designed to make the hitter swing and miss, and every swing is made to try to hit the ball out of the ballpark, and that's. What is different about today's game versus the games back in my era?
1: What about today's day uh, that we're sitting in here? As of today, we're recording during the week. As of today, Major League Baseball teams are averaging four runs per game in April. That was the lowest average for a month since 1981. There are about 0.26 runs per game for per team, fewer league-wide batting average is 231. That's through April. That's the lowest in Major League history. The OPS is the lowest. Is this a dead-end ball, or is this a combination of all the things you just kind of talked about?
0: Well, I think it's a combination. I Just in the last couple of weeks, I've heard about the new, new ball, if it is new, the ball that apparently the pitchers are, are feeling that it's a, a little more of a porous or rougher cover, which the way it was when, when I pitched, and the seams are higher. And there's uh, there's a little more drag on the ball, so that's I think the reason the ball doesn't seem to be carrying as much. The the other thing is the, you know, a hitter now uh, faces three or four different pitches. He, he seldom gets three at bats against the same pitcher. Uh, maybe he gets two, whereas years ago you'd get four. So he's looking at a different pitcher. You're looking at guys that come in out of the bullpen that are just going to throw as hard as they can for one inning and they're done. So I think that makes it a lot more difficult for hitters. And then you combine that with the fact that uh, pitchers aren't pitching to contact. They want hitters to swing and miss. And hitters are swinging for the fences. So they're trying to launch every ball. If they hit 300 fly balls a year, uh, 8% of them, according to statistics, will be home runs. And that means they'll make a lot of money. If they just try to put the ball in play and beat the shift and hit singles like uh, Pete Rose, Rod Carew, Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs, uh, hitters like that aren't around anymore. The game is just played entirely, it's played differently. And uh, I don't think it's as appealing, but that's the difference of the two eras.
1: We're on the phone with Jim Cott. The new book is Good As Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball. Hey, Jim, you mentioned that I was watching the Yankee. I'm a lifelong Yankee fan, right? So I listened to you for years, but I was watching the Yankee game the other day and when they were in Kansas City, George Brett was in the booth. And George Brett kind of made a, an offhanded comment that I put out on Twitter. I was like, wow. George Brett said, man, if they put a shift on me, I'd hit 600 because good hitters basically adjust. And you know, the, the younger generation doesn't understand how good those hitters were to say, no, I'm gonna put it right there. George said, I'm gonna put it right, right next to the shortstop. And I believe he would have done it, right?
0: Uh, I think so. I mean, Rod Carew, who I played with uh, for years and against some, uh, in batting practice, he tried to, uh, you know, we, we used to play a lot of pepper. I don't think players and kids today even re- remember what pepper was. But uh, right. Rod would just try to serve one ball out to, to hit everybody in the outfield during batting practice. There might be five or six pitchers, some uh, utility players out there during batting practice. He tried to hit one to each guy, just making contact. Hit the ball all over the field. Well, now, uh, batting practice has become a, a home run derby show, and hitters wonder why all of a sudden you'll see some guy out of a lineup with a strained oblique. Which, uh, you know, in my era, the only thing I, I knew about oblique, it sounded like geometry. I didn't know it had anything to do with. But it, but it's caused really by these guys hit so much batting practice, take so much batting practice, and every swing is a power swing. You know, they'll take a few to warm up, but uh, there again, that that's the difference, and that's why I, I feel the same way uh, as George Brett. If they put the shift on hitters like George and Carew and Tony Gwynn, they, they'd hit 600. But, of course, uh, if the game were played today the way they played in, in George's era, in my era, they wouldn't have the shift because, you know, hitters weren't interested in, just hitting home runs if they hit the ball hard okay that's a home run but they wanted they wanted to hit 300 and uh, batting average now it doesn't even mean anything it's uh, it, it's home runs and runs scored and as you pointed out they're not really scoring as many runs as if you went back to the days when you p- try to put a few singles together
1: yeah think about what whitey herzog he'd be a uh... Uh, really angry the the, the run run get the guy over I I mean it's just it's just done it it, it, it's it's crazy that it had just gone away what do you think the answer is is the answer to ban the shift like they are you know basically going to do I don't think so well
0: I I hope they do that I don't know if that'll be the answer I mean I I just think it's uh, I mean the most exciting year I had in my 25 seasons was 1982 when I was a member of the St. Louis Cardinals and we won the World Series and we hit 67 home runs as a team. We stole 200 bases. And Whitey Herzog's motto every game was "Get me ten singles, guys." And every time Willie McGee hit a single, it became a double. And uh, you know that was such exciting baseball for the fans to watch. And I don't see us going back to that type of game anytime soon. And that's why you see uh, three and a half hour games. You saw. Oakland, that was pretty sad last night. I think they had 2,500 people in the stands, oh, but yeah. uh, I, th- I think the appeal uh, of the game uh, to to fans. And I know there's a big push out to try to attract young fans. But I know I have a few grandsons, uh, anywhere from 19 to 25, and they they follow the game to see how their team is doing, but they don't sit down and watch the game. Uh, you, you know, people are at the game looking at their cell phone. And they're not really into, hey, what's the guy going to do here? Is he going to try to get him over? Are they going to hit and run? Are they going to steal? No. They just wait and see uh, what the, the you know, tape measure says about the next home run. And to me, uh, that's not exciting. That's just batting practice.
1: No more get him on, get him over, get him in. We are on the phone with Jim Cott. Newly inducted, 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame inductee. Go check out his new book, Good as Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball. And Jim, before I let you go, I am a lifelong Yankee fan. Like I've said a couple of times, I got to ask you about the Yankees. I came into the season probably more enthusiastic than most people. I thought that they made some good trades last year or good additions last year with Rizzo, obviously what he's doing. But I love this bullpen. Talk to me about this bullpen. Michael King, Clay Holmes. Um, Is it sustainable? Is this the pitching coach? How can they be this good? Or is it, hey, they've played some pretty bad teams?
0: Well, I think uh, I remember uh, meeting uh, Michael King a few years ago. He wanted to be a starter, but I think he's all of a sudden, as you mentioned, developed into a dominant reliever. Uh, And you make a point of the important uh, factors in today's game. I mean, Whitey Herzog, that year we won it in 1982, he said, I'm going to build my bullpen, my pitching staff, from the ninth inning back. And uh, we didn't have a lot of complete games then. We had solid starters that would go, you know, six innings. Sometimes Joaquin Amdehar would go more than that. But uh, the team with the best bullpen won. And I think, there again, that's the reason for the Yankees. You see Judge hitting a lot of home runs. And they're, uh, they're a power-laden team. But they're doing it by shutting the opposition down the last three innings. And there's not a lot of teams that can do that.
1: Jim, thank you so much for all of your time. Again, congratulations on the Baseball Hall of Fame. And guys, go check out the book, Good as Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball by Jim Cott. So guys, that's going to do it for me today. Look, I want to say again, thank you uh, to Jim Cott. And and I like that he touched on a couple of those things. Um, And he did touch on, you know, the Yankees. Look, right now you're betting on a team, it's the Yankees. They have a great bullpen. Their starting rotation is fantastic. But league-wide, like we talked about early on, I am betting unders. I am betting on starting pitching. I am absolutely nailing the good pitching scenarios. Guys, make sure you go check out sportsgarten.com. Go check it out, G-A-R-T-E-N, sportsgarten, G-A-R-T-E-N, on all of the social media accounts, and hashtag SGN. Have a very good day, everybody. We'll be back, and you can bet on that.